The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode was brought to you by Ritual. So Ritual's filled with so many standout stars. It's got omega-3, iron, vitamin E, magnesium, folate. I mean, it doesn't get better. It also doesn't have a fishy taste, and it's vegan, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. 95% of women do not get the vitamins and minerals they need on a daily basis, so Ritual created a smarter vitamin with nine essential ingredients women lack most. You can go to ritual.com skinny today to choose clean ingredients backed by science. Sign up now at ritual.com skinny. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Um, it was the first dress I had thought of way back in, you know, 2014 when we wanted to start the collection and... It was the first dress that I saw the seamstresses making a sample of, and I burst into tears the moment I saw it because I just couldn't, I couldn't believe that my vision had finally come to life in a product, and it was beautiful, and that, you know, I wasn't crazy with, with my ideas. That clip was from our guests of the show, Thomas Barrelsheimer and Julia Engel from the blog turn brand Gal Meets Glam. On this episode, we discuss what it takes to go from blogger to brand to product and succeed, how to stay focused on long-term goals, and the process of working with your significant other, which Lauren and I know plenty about. For those of you that are new to the show, my name is Michael Bostick. I am a serial entrepreneur and brand builder, most recently the CEO of Dear Media. And I am Lauren Everett's Michael's wife. I am all relaxed from Cabo, and I am the creator of The Skinny Confidential, which is a blog, a brand, and obviously a podcast. You know, I was when I got when we got back from Mexico, I was I kept trying to get in it with you. I was I, I kept trying to like it was for those get get in it. What what does that uh, mean, Michael? I was trying to get it in. Okay, you were you. trying to get it but, in the second I landed from New York. So for people that um, aren't aware of what we're talking about, it was just our <laughs> anniversary. You have to step away from that phone. I think the, the whole time I'm down there, I'm trying to get it in, and you're trying oh. to get it out, right? Okay. I'm trying to get that content out, and I'm trying to get that content in. Michael, I had I had to do some content, but I did make time for you, so so don't act like you're like crying about how, it. How am I supposed to like turn it up? You turn it up. Get that Barry Manilow, Marvin Gaye going when you have that camera on every second. You guys, I was trying to videotape him. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I turned off my phone for half the trip, I would say. So we were, well, I was in New York for the Victoria's Secret fashion show, and it was amazing. I'm going to do a recap of all the tips and tricks. In the meantime, you can go to a picture on my Instagram where my boobs are hanging out and I'm wearing a purple bodysuit and swipe right and see some behind the scenes. Anyway, I was there for the show. It was insane. I can't wait to share um, some BTS with you guys on the blog. And then from New York, I went straight to Cabo, which was a little weird to not travel with Michael because I'm so used to him micromanaging my every move when I travel, but I made it. I want to know, okay, so you had to <laughs> you had to take multiple connecting flights. I want to know It was bleak. You left the you left the hotel at like three in the morning. I left the hotel at five in the morning. Which, for those of you who traveled to JFK in New York, is a pain. That's a pain in the ass hotel uh, airport to get to. And you know, it just got rated the worst airport in the United States. Okay, well, I got a spray tan in my room at one a.m. I had been drinking from the Victoria's Secret after party. I stayed up all night. I packed. I got in the car at five. Flew to the airport or drove to, drove to the airport, and um, almost forgot my passport. Michael, you would have freaked out. 
and got on a plane to see you. Well, I wouldn't have freaked out, but I just I, I wish I could have been like a fly on the wall to watch you travel because, you know, for as tough as you act, I know <laughs> I'm not a good traveler. How you are. No, I just like like when you do everything for me. But now do you know what the problem is now? Since you now that I've seen that you're capable to do it on your own, which you should be because you're an adult woman. Um, now I know you can do it. So now I don't have I now I know I don't have to help you as much when we go to the airport. No, I'm always going to play that card. Do you know all these people have been tagging me in that post from the fat Jewish of the guy running on the treadmill with the bags and the uh the bags and the for the running through the airport and they're like literally I got tagged by eight people on that on that That actually post. is you though like that's not funny. That's yeah, but you. the only thing that was off is they say that that guy showed up only 37 minutes before the flight and you know I'm there at least an hour 37 minutes. No, Michael before. is so gnarly at the airport. You guys, I've never seen anything like it. It's it, he's acting as if the world is ending like you you are chaotic at the airport. It's ridiculous. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there. I, listen, I like to leisurely go through. We've talked about it on the show. I don't know anybody that, I don't know why people want to show up late and sweat and stress and run through like Home Alone 2 and 1 to get to the airport. It's just, oh, no, that's number two? Yeah, number two. Yeah. Well, they always run through the airport. That's Home Alone people. Um, so I got to Cabo and um, Michael texted me that there was a ginger margarita waiting for me and chips and salsa. And popsicles. Michael was so relaxed, which is like a rare plot twist when I got there. And we had so much fun on our anniversary. We really kicked up the romance, had some time to connect. Kicked it up between takes. Did, didn't work too much. And uh, back in L.A., and the second we landed, it was time to move. <laughs> time to move. We're up in L.A. now full time. We're up in L.A. full time. One of my favorite things to talk about is getting loose and drinking wine. And now one of our favorite partners is providing me all of my answers to talk about both at the same time on the mic all the time. Thrive Market has launched clean wines. They have arrived. We love them. We're drinking them as we record, as we podcast. No hangovers, Lauren. I'm feeling great. Yeah, because honestly, you guys, they're organic. And right now I'm having this huge moment with organically farmed and hand harvested wines. Uh, organic biodynamic and sustainably farmed yes i'm a big fan personally of the red i like the sandrio vase i've always been a huge fan of that uh it's dry it's not too sweet i do not like sweet wine and this wine is not sweet it's amazing so for those of you guys that know about Thrive, we talk about it all the time on this show. They're one of our favorite partners. And not only do we get now our healthy groceries, our healthy supplies, and household supplies, but we now can get monthly deliveries of wine straight to our door. And you can too. We have an exclusive offer. For 25% off your first order with a max of $20, go to thrivemarket.com slash skinnywine. That's thrivemarket.com slash skinnywine. Again, this stuff is great. Expertly curated by a master sommelier. I would go to the Italian wine section, guys, if you like the same taste in wine as me. You can like pick which one you want. They have a French section. They have an Italian section. Um, they have an uncommon wine section, a Spanish wine section, and you can pick what you like. So what I did was I went to Italian wine, I clicked it, and they have all these like very like good, dry, organic wines. Yep. And with over 4,000 organic products, you can also pick up some snacks to go along with those wines. Maybe some raw almond butter, perhaps some Egyptian magic. 
You got it. So look good, feel good, get loose with Thrive Organic Wines. That's thrivemarket.com slash skinny wine. Again, thrivemarket.com slash skinny wine for 25% off your first order with a max of $20. And get the Sandro Vese. We're so excited to have Thomas and Julia on the show, you guys. Um, they're just so major in the blogging world. And both of them are such a cool couple. I feel like Michael and I had so much to talk about with them because there's there's a lot of similarities in a lot of ways. They both work together like us. They work in the same space. They sleep similar together space, like sleep us. In the same, yeah. Travel and you know, together. Uh, Thomas and I did like a little bromance. We've been DMing each other. And I don't DM a lot of people, right? I'm not like on there DMing a lot. And uh, I don't know how it happened, but we randomly started talking. And I don't talk to a lot of like, like I guess we call them blogger husbands, right? Like I guess that's what I am if, in a to a certain degree. And I don't talk to a lot of uh, blogger husbands. Um, or a lot of people on DM, but yeah, we started talking. You don't talking. talk to anyone. Yeah, just, yeah, to be honest, like <laughs> you I, talk to your dog. I was trying to think about who I talk. I don't talk to anyone really. So, anyways, <laughs> I was talking to Thomas, and I started watching his content. He's doing cool stuff. Coffee's like completely opposite to me in the photography department. He's a master at it. Michael can't even take a fucking iPhone photo of me. We were sharing book tips and just kind of shooting the shit and give each other advice once in a while, and we develop a little online friendship and so i was really happy to be able to sit down with both of them they are some of the nicest people i've ever met they in this space nice, cool couple down to earth highly successful humble humble built some mega stuff julia has great skin too yeah. beautiful skin and i think the key to their success if i could dumb it down well there's a lot of reasons but one of the main things is they have extremely long-term vision extreme long-term vision and they really know what they want. They're really specific about it. They don't get swayed by distractions. They don't, you know, they're very focused. Tunnel vision. Brand, tunnel vision. Um, they work their asses off. Long-term players. Yep, long-term players, and it's going to pay off. We have massive respect for both of them. We could not be more excited to have them on the show. So with that, let's welcome Thomas and Julia from the mega blog and brand Gal Meets Glam to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her we are in the studio with the mega couple behind the mega brand, Gal Meets Glam, Thomas and Julia. Welcome to the show. Excited to get you both in the hot seat. Here Thank we go. Thank you so much. We're thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. Thomas and I developed a little bromance relationship through DM. <laughs> we slid into each other's DMs. Yeah. We talk about uh, books mostly. Books mostly. <laughs> Business. His favorite subject. He loves books. Oh, I know. He could, I mean, I have 20 books. I haven't touched a single one yet. With the, of the ones I've recommended? Yeah, sadly. Oh. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Maybe Cliff Notes. I need Cliff yeah. Notes. Any, anything you want. Um, so thank you guys for doing this. We're excited to get into it with you. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarity between yep. us and you. There are. Um, We've had outside sources tell us that, too. Yeah? Mm -hmm. what are, who are those outside sources? I'm Mainly Raina and Vanessa. <laughs> Okay, management. so management. Management. <laughs> uh, what do they? What do they say? Those similarities are. I'm curious to to, to hear, and I want to see if we're how close we're on this. Well, I think it's just the dynamic between the the couple and the drive, the focus on business, um, and just the way we think about our business. You know, we both come from similar backgrounds of starting blogs and developing them into more than just content, more than just blogs. So I think. There's a lot of people doing it different ways, and I think we think similar similarly. But you guys how... live in Charleston in the cute town, and we're in L.A. So, yeah, so we got to come visit you, I feel yes, like. Yes, you absolutely. Yeah. And how you guys got to drive me by Patricia's house. Since you started the blog? Um, It's been 2011 April 2011. Yeah. So. Okay, so and similar. I've been here yeah. the whole time. Yeah, he has. 
he started as my boyfriend. Dating? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he <laughs> was my, my boyfriend. And I basically gave him my Canon point and shoot that I took to parties in college, you know, the one that you kept in your purse, and said, can you take some pictures of my outfits? And he was like, why? Why do I have to do this? And the pictures were so bad. Were you always into photography? No. Because you're an amazing photographer, oh, and you. I have absolutely zero skill in that department. I'll probably <laughs> pick your brain at some point. Um, but you're really good, and it, you know, Lauren's always pointing, saying, look, look at this, look at this. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can't even come close to that. No, he I mean, takes two iPhone photos of me and says, did we get it? Only two? <laughs> he used to do that. I he used, used to, to have, have a... T- was it five or ten? Five picture maximum. He'd say, if you don't get it in five pictures, it's... It wasn't in, meant to it be. It wasn't meant to be. That, that's, a, that's a good... That's, that's not good, the case anymore. No. no. He's so, like, I'll take 150. Hopefully we got something. <laughs> when we started the blog, I was not interested in photography at all. I was kind of forced... I mean, the same thing. Like, we would sit in, in our room, and Julia would be going through all these other blogs, and she'd be like, why can't you take pictures like this? And it was hard because I was trying to learn how to do it. I wasn't that interested in doing it, but I wanted to help Julia. So it was like not until about two years that I really kind of mastered it that I actually started enjoying photography. And then when it wasn't like, oh, I was fussing around with all the camera, trying to figure out composition stuff, is that's when I was finally, it became like a passion of mine. And now I'm so obsessed with it. Yeah, you get, and you, you're really into the tech side of it too. Like I've yeah. read some of your stuff. Like That's you know... why he, I think he likes it so much is because anything that he can fully understand and become an expert at, yeah. I get he that. will become obsessed with it. Like he did home brewing in college mm-hmm. and it was more about the For technical beer. beer yeah. yeah. Cool. It was more about the technical side of like the science behind creating the beer than I think you wouldn't even drink the beer at the end. I mean, you no. would kind of, but he would basically set up a keg and just say, okay, everybody, like, try the beer. But it was more just um, learning, like, the craft of it and becoming obsessed with that. Until I met Julia, that that was my career path. I was going to own my own brewery. So I want to back up. Where okay. did both of you guys grow up? Before you guys met, what mm-hmm. was your life like? Yeah, so um, I grew up kind of in a few different places. I was born in um, just outside of Seattle and Washington. Then my family moved to Lodi um, in California, and I lived there until about seventh grade. And then I lived in Atwater, California, until just for uh, high school. And then I moved back to Stockton, which is next to Lodi. Thomas grew up in Stockton. And then we both went to University of the Pacific, which is a small private school in Stockton, California. And that's where we met. But I So actually, how long have you guys known each other now then? We met in 2010, but our families had been trying to set us up since we were in middle school. So I knew his whole family, he knew my family. He'd been on our, both of our grandpas fly fish and they'd been on tons of fly fishing trips together. Our grandmas are in like the same <laughs> cribbage group and like go see plays together and stuff. So That's I amazing. heard all about him and funny enough, his grandma had been trying to tell him about me, but he had a girlfriend at the time and she loves to always remind him like, listen to your grandma because remember when I tried to tell you about Julia and she actually just said it in an email last week. She was trying to... Set us up with another uh, Charleston couple. Yeah, and she was like, remember last time I tried to set you up and I was right? So <laughs> listen to your grandma. So who ended up pursuing who? So our best friends were dating and introduced us. It wasn't really... It wasn't a setup either. It was just like we sort of randomly met, finally. And we sort we of... We both had this moment where we, we just met and we were like, wait... I, know I was you. supposed to meet you, 
Like, we already knew so much mm-hmm. about each other, and then, I mean, it was pretty much instant. I would say you pursued me, and he was the first guy I ever met that did Thomas such romantic things. He... he made me dinner. Thomas told me College. that you just wouldn't stop calling him and bothering him. <laughs> said you were just beating down his door. I said, listen, probably, I can, I can relate. I just, trust me, this one, he's following me everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, probably, probably the other way around. I'd never had a, a guy make me dinner before or just do these really thoughtful, romantic gestures. He would always open the door for me, always bring me my favorite coffee drink. He just did all these. I'd never had anybody that was just kind and nice before thomas did you know you were gonna marry her right away yeah you did instantly really yeah yeah <laughs> I didn't you didn't tell that no <laughs> she's lying <laughs> so i want to talk so you guys are obviously now very public couple as we are um and there's challenges that come with that especially when you're working together yeah. so for people that are looking from the outside in and they see this picture perfect couple and this great brand and everything you guys are doing, what are the what are the challenges of working together and being a public couple? Yeah, um I think well there's a lot of challenges. The challenge of being public and then also the challenge of working together. I would say working together was a learning process in the first couple years and now we're in a like a really good place where we both know what our our strong suits are and we both trust each other and allow each other to do those things um whereas in the beginning it was trying to just figure out those what the what those were in the very beginning because I had done everything sort of on my own on the content and blogging side that just wasn't photography because he had a full-time job um, when we graduated from college and moved to San Francisco he worked in tech and he still did the photography but that was really it and he would help me with some website design stuff so when he left his job to join me full-time it was really figuring out okay what are his responsibilities going to be and how can he take ownership over them how can I let him take ownership over them and help him grow into what his role is and allow him to develop new ideas for Gal Meets Glam instead of me just dictating everything one of the things that I respect so much about you guys is I've watched your evolution and I can tell from as a blogger and from an outside perspective that it's so strategic how you guys have built your business Mm -hmm. like it's not things aren't just happening right I can see that you guys have a very clear brand you you have a clear message you you know your why yeah how did you guys sort of set that up at the beginning um when you both didn't know each other's strengths yet yeah so it wasn't set up at the beginning. Um, the beginning was really random. We didn't know why we, we were starting. I just found blogging as a way to be creative and to create something. Thomas was always very entrepreneurial. He really excelled in school. He loved business. And I was studying business, but I didn't necessarily feel passionate about it. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was concentrating in marketing but I wasn't passionate about marketing and I also had no real life experience to feel passionate about with marketing I I mean I always had jobs in in high school and college and I had a marketing internship as well in college I just felt this intense desire to create something online I literally woke up one day in college and said I need to have something online I don't know what it is but I need to create a website and I found Blogger, and 
it's just sort of snowballed from there. But we really didn't set up. Yeah, I mean, luckily we started at a time where we could kind of find our voice and and kind of experiment. And if you look back and look at what we did in the first couple of years, it's it's almost embarrassing. But it's part but of it's like all the trial and error. Like yeah. we we're figuring out. Go listen to the t- the first five to ten sh- episodes of this. <laughs> Yeah, I almost murdered him. Yeah. Well, Thomas always says, if you, what's the quote you always like to say? Like, if, if you're, you're not embarrassed by your first product, then you launch too late. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's so true. You're never, nothing is ever going to be perfect when you launch. So just launch, just do it. Don't try and like perfect everything. And I'm so glad that we, I had that sort of naive outlook. I didn't even think twice. I just did it. And it was never, I mean, it was within maybe 24 hours that I created my blog from the moment I thought of it. I literally called my mom and was like, what should it be called? And then we came up with a name. I am a vitamin snob. It took me honestly so long to talk about vitamins on the Skinny Confidential because I wanted to find the best ones for you guys and ones that actually work. I feel like there's all these ones out there that promise gold and deliver charcoal. You know what I mean? Anyway. Ritual is not like this. I have been taking it every single day. It's minty fresh. It's non-GMO. And I have seen a difference in my skin, my nails, my hair, especially my nails. Um, They used to be super weak and now they're much stronger. So anyways, I keep Ritual by my toothbrush. And I always say this tip in all the podcasts because it's so easy to have what you use every day next to your toothbrush because it's like you're going to brush your teeth every single day. So to just have the vitamins right next to them reminds you. Sometimes I feel like we get vitamins and we throw them in the back of our cabinet. With Ritual, you actually want it out on your vanity or your bathroom counter because it's chic and cute and like you could put it on your Instagram. You know what I mean? I think that if you're out there and you're looking for a good brand of vitamins, this is it. You know exactly what you're getting with these vitamins. So just to like give you the rundown, they're filled with the standout star omega-3 plus iron, vitamin E, magnesium, folate. I mean, first of all, I love magnesium. I'm so glad there's magnesium in there. Magnesium is what really gets things going. I also like how there's vitamin E in there. It's so good for your skin. So if you're wondering, Ritual does not have a fishy taste. Like I said, it's it's minty fresh. Ritual is made in the USA without synthetic filters or colorants, which we love. Like I said, it's vegan, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. Amazing. 95% of women do not get the vitamins and minerals they need on a daily basis. Ritual created a smarter vitamin with the nine essential ingredients women lack most. So go to ritual.com skinny to choose clean ingredients backed by science today. Sign up now at ritual.com skinny. And if you want to know more about Ritual, just Google the Skinny Confidential Ritual Vitamins because I wrote a whole in-depth post on it. How do you guys navigate? Because, And I'm sure this maybe this is more of a question for Thomas because that's similar for me. She has an established brand. It's online. Her audience is, is primarily there for her in the beginning. And then you jump in. How do you navigate that as a man leaving another job? Because I'd I, I like to just hear how, how you did it because there's ways that I did it. But it's it's a challenge when you're jumping into somebody's established brand, especially when it's your wife. I mean, I've been involved the entire time. And, and even though, like, Julia has been doing the nitty gritty of, of the content, like, I've always had more of an analytical approach. And that was actually what I used to do at my previous job. And I kind of looked at it from this perspective, and and I think I could kind of work in any business. And I'm obsessed with the customer. I'm obsessed with our readers. 
and trying to understand how we can impact their life. So I think it's more just like focusing on them. And I was lucky. I'm not sure what it would have been like if I wasn't involved in the first um, few years of it. But I think I've always kind of, we, we hel- I helped us like find our voice. It was mostly Julia, but no, I mean, I was there. You know why you're too. smart? Why, why you're smart? And, and I will use this analogy. There's always got to be one Mick Jagger and then there's Keith Richards. And obviously Mick Jagger's the lead singer and, mm-hmm. you, and Keith Richards supports that. Yeah. But a lot of husbands that are jumping into to their wives' brands are running into trouble where they're trying to be on like equal footing. And I don't want to say that we're not equal footing, but there's got to be a front it's man. It's equal in, in just a completely different yes. platform. Like yes. We're, our platforms are equal, but the platforms are made out of two different things. There's just got to be the front man, though. Yeah. And like, so Lauren is the front man, obviously. And I'll, yeah. I'll be your Keith Richards. Yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, well, no, wait. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, people, absolutely. People also, I'm trouble. a dreamer. Like, I think of crazy ideas all the time. and A I'm, visionary. I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. but I And I want to act immediately, always. And Thomas reels me back in. And Sounds familiar. <laughs> And, and it's like, okay, that's a great idea. Let's tone it back a little bit and not do it right now, but let's come up with some steps. And he always is 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 thinking big picture, not short term. Well, it's a very strong team effort, but I, I guess the reason I was asking is there's a lot of people that are running into trouble. It's like, who is the, the lead person? And yeah. that's Julia's yeah. in charge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we both we both are. I never, I never, honestly, I never think about I'm in charge and he has to listen to me. It's just whoever is the expert and 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 leading whatever topic we're discussing, like that person should be the um spearheading that. It and it varies all the time. And it varies between our team. It's not always just you and I. So yeah. what would be some relationship advice for couples who are thinking about starting to work together? And we've talked about it a lot, but it'd be interesting to hear your take. Yeah. Thomas? Mm. <laughs> buckle up yeah yeah <laughs> no i always say it's one of the most challenging things i've ever Absolutely. done but it is so rewarding and i feel like him and i have this like layer of an onion of a relationship yeah because we work together um you know to go to bed and, and it's 11 30 at night and mm-hmm. he's asking me questions about work but that's what he does too and i'm like let's turn it off now <laughs> because that's sometimes my it'll just, if a thought pops in my head yeah. i have to i have to talk about it to get yeah it out, right? yeah i, I mean I would say what's helpful is that we're very different people and we have very different interests and very different reasons for, you know, why we love working on this business. And I think it's important to have some, at least like you can't be both doing the same exact thing. I think that can create a lot of problems. It's important to have very clear boundaries and what the work is that you're doing. Um, it's also important to focus on the product and make sure that it's about the customer and not about you and your relationship. It is important to have boundaries at the end of the day. Like, hey, 10 p.m. is our hard stop time. I think we that can hard be a stop time. Yeah. I mean, it's much easier to say, you know, have a hard stop time. In reality, we really don't yeah. <laughs> ever. But um, we try, you know, or just trying to do things that aren't work related so that you just kind of get your mind off it for a little bit but but I don't think we could have built the business that we have without being around each other 24 Mm 7 you know we work at a pace that not a lot of people can keep up with and frankly it's it's helped us build a business and get it to the point of where we're at now 
And if we were not together, if we were just business partners, not even living together, we would have a set amount of conversations that we can have. And now we can really get into everything and, and go into the finer details because we have the time mm-hmm. to do it. That's the challenge though, right? Because you're at dinner, you're at home. Yeah. Because we deal with the same thing, right? We're with each other all the time. Well, wait, I, I, I like Michael. It's not like I like well, to, to be know. around exactly. Michael. It's exactly the same. Like we're best friends. Uh, it's not it's not forced. I'm so grateful to have the relationship that we have. And I know it's unique because people ask all the time, how do you work with your husband? I would kill mine. And you do have to have sort of the perfect dynamic in order for it to work. Because I, I don't think every couple can work together. When you know, you're committed depending... to building a, a, a vision or a, you're both on the same team towards that vision, you yeah. you make sacrifices because the rewards are so great. Yeah, and we also just have so much fun. I mean, you know, you, we talk about turning off business, but some of our, our best business conversations are, you know, at midnight at a restaurant after sharing a bottle of wine, and we're just, like, spilling ideas, and maybe we shouldn't be talking about business, but it's fun. We love it. We want to, and we're dreamers, and we're always thinking about what we can be doing better and what the potential could be, and we don't always want to turn it off. I don't think I could be with a woman who wanted me to turn it off all the time. I always, you know, I always say couples have to be matched in that way. Like if you have, if there's one individual that wants to be turned on all the time and talk about business and yeah. do this, and you can't talk about it with your significant other, like, yeah. I don't know how, how much longevity there is in that relationship. And so people are like, oh, you guys got to find time to turn it off. But similarly, like we don't always like to turn it off. Like, and that's mm-hmm. why we're together, I think. Yeah. When did you guys decide and, and how did you decide to scale your business? So you, you've, you know, I've watched you, you've, you've got this great platform, you're, you're doing collabs, like everything's going really well. At what point were you like, okay, we need to scale this, we need to grow the team, and then we need to also do a product? So it was in 2014. And before talking about growing the team, we knew that we wanted to go into product. We just, we always talked about where do we see ourselves long term, what scale meets glam potential. And we knew that people came to us for a reason. And we knew that people had sort of a defined reason of, of why they were coming to us. I, you know, I have a very distinct style. It's very specific. I don't stray from it. Even when I work with brands, you know, it's, it's always very feminine, always very classic. And we knew people were coming to us because they identified with that even if it wasn't style it was home decor or the way we travel or any of these lifestyle elements and so we really wanted to hone in on that and create something for our customers and it was without a doubt a dress line I never even questioned what it would be it was it was always going to be dresses and I actually saw a huge gap in the market for a product like that. You were thoughtful about it. I remember we talked like, oh, yeah. it was like, I remember I'd, we talked at like a reward style conference or was that what, what we were doing? Yeah, and you told yeah. me you were working on it. Yeah. I mean, that was forever ago and I had, I, I mean, we'd been talking about it with people for years and years and it, it, at times it felt like it was never going to take off because, you know, we hit a lot of sort of stopping points in the process of trying to get it off the ground, but we never, ever, ever strayed from our initial initial idea, and the end result of our first collection was exactly what I wanted to create in 2014. I never changed my mind along the way. You could or, see it. Yeah, and, and, you know, there were many, many challenges, and it took four years to get it going, and that alone could 
you know, set somebody off to, you know, just give up or, or to do something else. But, and I think also like in launching a business timing is, is so important too. When we first went out and we're trying to pitch, uh, manufacturers four years ago, it was a very different time, um, in this kind of influencer space, as well as on the, on the manufacturing side, like, yeah, very little influencers had brands at the time. The only one we could really point to was Kiara, with her shoes, nobody else had launched. So manufacturers were kind of being difficult, or they weren't respecting the space as much, or um, both, both. both. Okay. They didn't. If if they were interested in the partnership, they they were basically like, we know what works. You know, we know you have your ideas. We'll take them into consideration, but we know how to do this because I kept saying, you know, I know exactly what I want the product to be. I want to design it with a designer. I'm not a trained designer, but I have, you know, designs in my head that I just need to communicate so somebody can can draw it out and then I can work with them to create that. You, I have so many parallels with you. It's crazy. We've had a lot of people yeah. on the show. I have, like, you and I, I'm very, very, well, lots a lot of, of similarities. Well, a lot of it is, like, a lot of it is basically convincing people to trust you in your vision. No, it's yeah. also, it's, it's very frustrating sometimes because you see and like, you know what you want to do, but mm-hmm. you, like you said, you're not a designer. Yeah. Um, like even with, when I wanted to launch a website, it, I'm not a website designer, but I saw what was in my head and exactly. I, I almost can't sleep until I get what is in my head. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating and you do have to be very patient. Yeah. We had to be incredibly patient and, and I was willing to be patient because I, it was never a race for me. It was, you know, we either do it right or we don't do it at all. And it was, you know, we had some manufacturers that were very interested in partnering with us, but I just knew at the end of the day, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be right for what we wanted to create. Or there were some that, you know, had crazy demands, like they wanted us to make X amount of, of money by year one or year two because they're used to doing licensing deals yeah. with celebrities where, you know, they can just do crazy sales. And we just didn't want that kind of pressure on ourselves. We're trying to build a brand. We're trying to build a brand, yeah. not, you know, just make a quick dollar over two years or something. So let me ask you both this. When you being close to the influencer space, blogging space for so long and watching your peers launch product lines, some of them doing it right, some of them doing it wrong, won't call anybody out. What do you see as the biggest mistakes that influencers make when they're transitioning to product? Yeah. Oh, that's that, puts hard. You, that puts you in the hot seat. I, yeah. would, I mean, I would say you can tell when a influencer who has an audience, they have a point of view, and then when they do a product and that doesn't translate. Or into they're a, not involved with it. Right. I mean, they maybe have a couple involved. meetings a year to approve a line sheet. And it's kind of based on their style, but it's more the manufacturer or their license partner. You don't want to just attach your name to something. It. No, I never, ever, ever want. That was the opposite of. That's what I was fearful of. It's I, the white label. Yeah, it's the white label. You know, where you can peel off the label and stick it onto another brand's line, and it looks. I mean, we go. We we just did two, um, two market shows uh because we're expanding Gami's Glam collection into specialty stores and boutiques and there's so much product out there and I kept telling Thomas there's so much of it that just looks the same you could take one label off and put it on another and I wanted our line to be specific I only wanted to do dresses because I knew that we needed to be known for something and we didn't need to cater to everybody our dresses are not meant for everybody's style 
but I wanted women that did identify with it to really identify with it and know why they were coming to us. Um, and we've been able to create that. And I just have to call your dresses out because I have two and they're beautiful. You, you can tell they're so thoughtful. They're so you. They're so on brand. Um, I have the pink one. Can you say the name of the one I have? The Ellie. Okay. And then I have a navy one that's so cute that I wear with white tennis shoes. Which one is that? Which um, It's like a collar and it's short sleeve. Um, short sleeve. If we if we um, don't know the name, we can yeah. put it in the show notes for you guys. And yeah, I'll, would, I'll also put it on Instagram. Why can't I think navy short sleeve? It's like little tiny dots. It's navy. It's so cute. Okay. We'll put it in the show notes yeah. for them to check out. We've done, I mean. You have 150, right? We have so many dresses. Yeah. And right now, it's funny because we're always working a year ahead. Right now, we're designing fall 2019. So to put my mind back to. That's what, like a year out. Mm-hmm, a yeah. year out. So how did you decide that you were going to do 150 to start? Like, how, how are all these decisions made? We didn't. We, I mean, what we started out wanting to do was nowhere near what we ended up doing. And it all really it sort of evolved from the demand in the marketplace. I wanted to do a really tiny collection, and we weren't initially planning on launching every single month. We were going to do seasons, you know, um, spring, summer, fall, winter, resort. Um, And just the demand in the market for our type of product was so big that the retailer that we partnered with, Nordstrom, just said, you know, if you have more designs, like, we're interested to see them. And we just ended up creating a much bigger line than we had ever anticipated um, because of their support at launch. And we just sort of have been able to keep up with it since. And we're expanding into more retailers in February. You guys have kind of started a category, if you think about it. It is, yeah. I mean, especially at the price point that we're hitting, there are very little, if any, brands doing what we're doing and focusing on the type of product that we're creating. Too many brands are worried about, especially affordable brands, worried about catering to every type of customer they're like we need to we need to get this woman and we also need to get this woman and let's not forget about her and her and her and we have one woman we're trying to cater to and we're able to focus on her and understand why she loves us why is she coming to us and yeah there's probably other women who are also identifying with a few pieces here and there but you know, that's great, but we're just focused on our core customer. I always say when I'm writing a blog post, I have a girl that I'm writing to. Her name's Caitlin, and, like, I know her nail polish color. I know what she's listening to on the way to work. Like, I think that that's so important to know who you're speaking to or who you're selling to. It's, I mean, instead of trying to get everyone. I have a question for Thomas. This is a left turn. So (laughs) I always take left turns, but so obviously I was always a behind-the-scenes person. I never thought that there would be any kind of public persona at all, right? I was running businesses i'm traditionally an entrepreneur behind the scenes guy right lauren obviously made the decision to be a public person you made the decision to be a public person you and i both did not how do you <laughs> how do you now deal with that because i don't mind it necessarily like having that um, you know aspect of our life now but it wasn't something that i chose so i was curious on how you've dealt with that i can't say we ever made a clear decision to really bring me into it i think i've always just been part of the story yeah, you um, definitely didn't feel as comfortable in the beginning being in videos or 
Listen, being really vocal. I was at a restaurant one time and somebody screamed across the street, Susan, it screamed it. <laughs> I never anticipated that in my life. And so that's kind of what yeah. I'm trying to get to. It's like when people I mean, are... people I, recognize I, I, him more sometimes than I do because I think also the glasses are very yeah. distinct. I would say I enjoy it. I mean, I like making the connection. And, and I know some people... I actually, when we're walking on the street, and this happens a lot in bigger cities, um, especially in New York, you can tell when people recognize at least Julia, and Julia can't always recognize. I never notice. She never notices. Attention. I always see it, and so I can tell like what percentage of people actually come up and say hi. And you know, when I'm just by myself, and and Julia's not there, the rare occasion I'm by myself and I'm on the street, like people will still come up to me, and I enjoy it because I think there's this, they see. They might be more intimidated to say hi to Julia, but they're less intimidated to say hello to me. There was a woman that ripped my phone out of my hand the other day when I was talking to Lauren and just started talking to Lauren right on in the middle of the street. Oh, my gosh. She has spies of her. I'll be out, like, having a coffee, and her, her readers will be like, hey, I see Michael right now. Don't worry. He's not <laughs> doing anything Whenever he travels weird. alone, I go, careful, I have spies. <laughs> that is amazing. How do you really, guys though. Deal you with... could never cheat. Oh, You'd no. be caught in two seconds. Oh, my God. No, I, would, I would never, but still, like, you're... Yeah. I can't even go down the street and get a coffee without someone reporting like, hey, don't worry, I got eyes on this guy. You know? <laughs> I love that. How do you guys deal with, because we've dealt with it, how do you deal with backlash and negativity online? Honestly, I don't really pay attention to it. The best thing I ever did for myself was to realize that I can't please everybody and I can't make people like me because there's going to be people that have no reason they just don't like you and it doesn't matter how hard you try or what a nice email or comment you leave back to them, they're still just not going to like you. And you just should not – it's not your problem. It's theirs because they shouldn't be following you. And there's truly nothing you can do. So when I sort of finally embrace that idea, like stop obsessing over it or wondering what you can do to get them to like you, just let them go and let them unfollow or go somewhere else because I'm not going to change who I am. I'm not going to change how I write. I'm not going to change my style. I'm not going to change my personality for somebody I don't even know and they don't even know me and they're judging me on their perception of me and you can't change somebody's perception. You can only hope that you are being yourself and that people are perceiving that in the right way. You know, I don't you know if you remember this, but at the Reward Style Conference, I met you guys a long time ago. This was like, this is like beginning. I remember. I remember. Yeah. And I asked you that. Yeah. I don't. Do you remember that? Uh, Kind of. It was like at the end of a really like at the end of the party. Right. Yeah. It was late at night. I said because I was having trouble with it in the beginning. What did I say back then? You gave me the best advice. You said. I don't respond to anything unless it's a constructive comment. It's true. It's true. Unless I know that's something. It's good memory. I can take something positive from it, and the person writing the comment can take something positive from it. I don't respond to it. Because if it's just negative negativity for the sake of being negative, there's no reason. I mean, it's just it's giving something attention that doesn't need attention. Versus if somebody is truly giving you feedback from a loving perspective and, and like – they care about your brand. They care about you, and they've been following along. I think you know everybody should be open to constructive criticism and feedback. But there's there is a, a line that I think you have to recognize when someone's you have just being to a recognize. dick. Yeah, and there are many of those. And honestly, I just I just t- turn it off. I I just don't pay attention to any of that because just mentally, I I can't. 
I agree with you. And I do think it's practice. The more you put yourself out there, the more you mm-hmm. get used to it. And then you just don't yeah. care anymore. And it's, it's very nice. Like the longer you go on. Yeah. I would say in the beginning when, because at the first couple years, it was just all like butterflies and rainbows. And then when like blogging really started to get bigger and bigger and more people were like, wait, you know, what's going on here? Then we did sort of start to get some negativity. And then once we just said, you know, nope, we're not dealing with this. We're not addressing this. This is a positive place. And if people want to be negative, we're not going to engage with it. And it sort of panned off after that um, because they probably went elsewhere to get attention. And, you know, I'm not entirely sure why always. It's just, it's something that we just can't control. And I think you have to kind of let it go. So I want to switch the gear. You guys have a positive community that you've embraced. Yes, we do. What is the recipe for building a positive community? Imagine you're talking to someone that wants to get into the space. I'm a huge believer that this space is not oversaturated, that it hasn't even started, that there's room for everyone. Say someone wants to get into this space. How can they build a positive community like you guys have built? I mean, I'm a pretty positive person to begin with and I'm a happy person I I like being around happy positive people I don't like to complain I have truly nothing to I mean obviously there everybody has hardships and and tough things are going through I complain sometimes I mean I complain don't get me wrong I just I mean on a platform I don't ever want I have nothing to complain about you know like the people reading I never want to to sound ungrateful. So I I come from a perspective when writing to always be positive and to to not complain and to just be grateful. Um we also have a fine line of of how much sort of personal um moments that we share within our brand and I would so say what are the moments it's you pretty don't share? private. Oh, I mean the, everything. There's so much moments. there's so much that we don't share. Thomas, um, tell me about these private yeah, moments. Yeah, you go go for it. Thomas, let me know. <laughs> it's just you and I talking here. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, if what is, he would it, Let me know about the intimate moments. <laughs> if it wasn't for me, he would probably overshare. I'm just not a natural overshare. I hold stuff back. It, it just in my nature, I don't, I just, that's how I am. And he, I think, I'm, I'm, I don't want to talk for you. I mean, I always say that <laughs> I, Julia, on occasion, asks me to be funny for the camera, <laughs> which is very hard to do. I, I'm a very naturally funny person. See? Yeah. Yeah. And so I would, I would actually rather have cameras or audio following me around the 24-7. Because you're not an actor. You just right. want to be yourself. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like what's off limits? Because that's how I'm going to find out what you don't share. I mean, I don't, I don't really videotape my day or talk to the camera that often. I mean, you know, I, I'll try to, you know, if we're having a goofy moment, I'll try to, you know, bring out my phone and and snap it, and you know, it just it depends on like maybe he's not in a great mood to want to be on camera, or I'm not in a great. It's so hard to find the perfect balance, and I'm not the type of person that wants to document my whole entire day and I never document when I'm with friends I never post when you know I'm at dinner I can get that with the friends because yeah you have such a large and platform family, they might be like eh. yeah I just uh, you know my family members aren't interested in being on social media and you know our our team in the office I mean there's I, I would say like 99% of our day is not documented 
I think that's part of your brand, though. It's like you're, you're it's a very positive, curated in the best way, whimsical yeah, space. Yeah, and it's not curated in the sense to make it look perfect. It's just it's not in my nature to document everything. And yeah, we love to pick, take pictures because we love creating. Creating is a good word. I think you're, yeah, it's, and it's, 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 you I've, can tell that there's so, just so many whimsical whenever I look. At, is that the right word? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. And I, I think the one thing I struggle the most with is and we both do and we talk about it all the time is should we be sharing more you know you know are people connecting enough like are we sharing enough of our life of our personality but then we stop ourselves and say you know if that doesn't make us comfortable then we shouldn't be doing it you like should we do shouldn't what you, want to do. you should do it but at the same time people are like you know you're not being real enough and it's not that you're not being real enough it's that you know you this is business. Do you go to your work and, you know, document everything? It's just, it, it's tough because on See, one Thomas, hand, you're lucky your business is your life. I could be rolling out of bed in my underpants with my hair everywhere looking like garbage. Maybe I ate a bunch of pasta the night before and the camera will be on it. I'll have no say. It'll be posted before I even know it's there. I'll, I'll tune in like 12 hours <laughs> later and see myself. It's, it's all different. I think that's But if I get the wrong angle with this one, she's like, take that down. No. Well, sometimes he gets an angle with like, but can you teach him about light, Thomas? Can you please, all please light. teach him about light? Like, it's, so, it's, a, it's a double standard. It's so bad. Do you have any lighting tips it's for him? It's a double standard. There is a double standard. Yeah. But I mean, I'm trying to think. It's it's pretty practical. If you're taking a picture on an iPhone, you should be able to see that the light is. Listen. Just go for even light. Even I know I don't light. like taking pictures. Maybe if I spent some time with you and like learned some of the technical stuff and some mm-hmm. of the things that it's would... like you have five tips that you can yeah. Do. yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any tips? I just I really don't like taking pictures. So what I do is I kind of like set the bar really low and make them so bad that she just doesn't ask me anymore. <laughs> okay, so we do I'm other curious things. Curious for myself, do you have any picture tips that you can share with the audience? So, light and composition are easily the most important things about it. I, I think if you're a bad photographer or an average photographer like I said even light don't have crazy contrasty light don't have a really bright background and you're standing in the shade if you can look and find even light that will just get you a long way the other part is composition I see all the time people like pinching to zoom on a phone is like oh I cringe every time I see someone who do that <laughs> But figure out, like, what are the most flattering... If you're taking pictures of people, like, figure out what are the most flattering crops. You know, you can crop at the waist. You can crop at the knee. You can crop, like, full body. After the picture or when you're taking it? No, the when you're taking it. When you're taking it, yeah. okay. I mean, you can always adjust it to get it just right when you're um, editing. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is... Um, On the spot. Yeah. I know. It's just, it's come so natural to me. I'm just, I, I see it. You have to have some it. type yes. of eye and talent. What Let's is be the honest. camera oh, that you have right here? Oh, this is a film camera. The other, the other tip is angles. A Try different of, angles. Yeah. If you see a scene, shoot five different angles of it. And another pet peeve I see of people is like, let's say you're taking a picture of someone and it's a full body. A lot of people will change the angle up and down. So they'll shoot it and the person will either look really, most of the time they look really short. It's hard to describe it. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Or they get too low, and then you look really awkwardly tall and long unnaturally. Your always, pictures are so beautiful. I always think if you're taking an iPhone photo of someone, let's say full body, try and have the phone match eye level with them. So it should be just about at the same height, 
and there should be no angle. It should just be kind of flat on. Okay, that's, that's a good. That's okay. That's a good tip because I think I'm probably gonna get just mostly the iPhone things going. You know? Yeah, it'd be nice a, if you could take a picture of me every yeah. now and then. Lauren, don't talk to me about angles. You should see the angles she gets to me. I look like the guy from the Goonies. Oh, always move like just. I think pictures look so much more natural if there's just movement in it. You know, just sometimes it feels really silly to just move around, but it does sort of add a, an, a nice element to a photo when it's not just very, like, posed and, and stoic. Why did you guys move to Charleston? Well, there's a couple reasons, but we sort of fell in love with the city. After visit, you just went and visited and said it's great? Or? Yeah, we, I mean, we'd been that's living a pretty in San Francisco. It is a huge move. We had been living in San Francisco, and that's where we both ended up after college. It's where we both got jobs. And I mean, we used to travel. We would go to London. We would go to Paris. We'd go to New York, and we would say, you know, can we see ourselves living here? And I would say we could probably move to London. I, I mean, love we, we love it a lot. But just with the international stuff and owning our own business, it just made it really complicated. We had explored the option of trying to buy something in, in San Francisco, and things just weren't really working out. And then we kind of had this moment where we realized, like, we don't necessarily need to live here. There's nothing that's keeping us here. We both work for ourselves, and we just happened to go on a trip to Charleston. And within, I would say, like, by the time we drove from the airport to our hotel, at least I was considering moving there. His parents were the ones that kept saying, you guys need to visit Charleston. It's so beautiful because they would go all the time. And um, Thomas spent a lot of time in Georgia growing up, and we just loved that part of the world. And funny enough, like in college, when we had no idea what we were going to do or where we were going to live, you know, we used to watch HGTV all the time. And and I, I would always say, um, you know, what if we, what if we moved to Georgia and, and lived in the South? And then we just never really explored it once the reality hit of, you know, where are we going to get jobs, like just get a job after college. And then once we had the opportunity to kind of live anywhere, and we sort of have a, a nomad lifestyle anyways with always being on the road. And, you know, we see our families as much when we live near them as we do when we don't live near them because we're always gone anyways. So we just fell in love with Charleston and we knew that we're we're always going to need to be in a big city for work New York is a really easy flight um, sometimes we take the 6 a.m flight up and the 9 p.m flight back and you know we can do a day full of meetings and sleep in our own bed at the end of the day yeah that's cool which is really great but there's just this laid back sort of it has ease. it has small town feels but also all like, of like the cosmopolitan amenities yeah. so like great restaurants and shops and great people beaches i have a selfish question yeah what does your team look like and 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 how have you structured that because it, for me it's so interesting to talk to other influencers because this business is so new so yeah. it's, it's it's like the wild wild west Absolutely. everyone says so i would love to know how you guys structure your team your day are they in office are you using freelancers how do you guys structure that yeah so um, the team has been uh, slowly growing over a couple years as we as we realize what our needs are. And I have a really difficult time giving off tasks that I've been doing for years, but it's at the point where I can't keep doing all of these things because I have more important things I need to be focusing on. 
So I, it, it was a huge learning curve for me in the beginning to just be able to pass along things. But we have a really fantastic team. It's Thomas and I. My mom actually works for us, and she does. She has an HR background, so she does a lot of HR, a lot of paperwork, works with our lawyers, um, sort of like manages the team since we're always on the road. Um, we have one woman that focuses on content, editing photos, editing video, coming up with um, sponsored brand campaigns. Um, she works on a lot of creative stuff with me. We have another woman that does emails, blog emails, the email series. She helps with the Galmi's Glam, Galmi's Glam Instagram, account. Instagram account. We're now starting to do smaller influencer campaigns for Galmi's Glam collection and takeovers on social and stuff like that. So she's sort of focusing on those things. We have a part-time copywriter that we recently added to the team that helps with just all the copy. I mean, the amount of things that we write in, in a single week is bananas. And then we also have a part-time graphic designer slash brand. brand. She's done all of our um, all of the branding. All in, in an all office? In Char- all, yeah, all in all Charleston. Charleston. Okay. We had an office downtown when we moved back into our home after renovating. We moved the office over there. It's under construction right now, but it'll hopefully be done by the end of the year. So right now, our team is working out of our in-home office, um, and they all work from there. We obviously work from there when we're home. And then we have a whole separate team in New York for the collection that we're basically split our time between. We live part-time in New York, basically, and the team there is, is vast. I mean, it's part you know part our manufacturers team um from their end and then part our team from i mean we have you know seamstresses um, pattern makers sales team marketing team design team which our design team is the smallest it's just me and our head designer and then we have um, a fabric director so he basically goes around the world sourcing all of these amazing fabrics for me to go through and pick for the dresses can you guys think back on a specific, I don't want to say failure or challenge along the way that at the time felt devastating but ended up turning into a blessing? I would say specifically with the collection, we had been in talks with a manufacturer based here in, in L.A. For about eight months, we were in at least negotiation. Eight months, yeah. We had been negotiating, negotiating. They had been trying to get kind of approval from everyone involved, their investors and board. And, and we thought we were moving forward, so we essentially – we spent eight months, let's just call it like essentially a year. Legal fees. I mean, we had our lawyer negotiating that entire time the contract. So, I mean, almost a year. And it just, you know, in business there's restrictions. You don't have as much resources or money or people, and they just, they went a different direction. And that felt very devastating. We were boarding a flight and got the email. And, at and is the your time, audience involved at this point? Did they know that you're working on something? No, or no? we kept it very under wraps. I mean, because we spent three years just meeting with different manufacturers and trying to find the right one. And this was probably a year and a half in. We thought we found the right, right people. They were based here in L.A. And um, we felt really good about it. And the deal just fell through after almost a year. And it just – it was – I turned to Thomas and said, this just isn't going to happen. You know, maybe we should just give up. But looking back, I think you having that not work out, we really learned what 
we liked about them, what we didn't like about them. And then we figured, okay, how do we go out and find someone who's going to be even better than what we thought that they could have been? That's called, I, I like to call that re- just refining, 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 yeah. refining until you get exactly what you want. That's uh, that's what I feel like I do during my day. It's like yeah. so much refinement always until you like whittle down exactly what it is you want. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful for that looking back because our partners now are our family and they're so incredible and there there's no way that we could have had that with anybody else I, I really don't think and we didn't really have the luxury that we had with the blog was we launched the blog in 2011 we had this learning experience over time but with specifically with the collection we knew that we had to do it right from the very beginning and because if it wasn't right and we didn't launch with the right product with the right user experience it just it wasn't going to be the long-term brand that we want that we wanted it'd be really hard to gain people's trust again if you know we failed at you know from the start what are some routines that you guys do it could be a morning routine or a night routine that really set you up for success you're pretty serious with that coffee maker (laughs) he loves routines like he is a routine guy he loves structure so i feel like this is a you question yeah i mean i would say I love coffee. I mean, I've been drinking it since I was, I think, five. Wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know what my mom was thinking. How many thinking. cups a day? Maybe like two. Okay. I don't need coffee. I just I do. enjoy the taste. Yeah. I, need, I coffee. need coffee. So Julia's day does not start until I make her coffee in our coffee maker. <laughs> he, I think he's the more fuck, terrified. <laughs> I don't get a well, coffee. You, I no. have a coffee heater by my bed, and you don't do anything. It's empty Listen, every day. Lauren's a Gemini. Go She's ahead, got about 11 notes. personalities, yeah. so it depends which one. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. I think he's more terrified of me in the morning without yeah. my coffee, so he's always like, here's your coffee. <laughs> Thomas, only give the answer that's not going to make me look bad. Okay? Thomas, give the real answer. <laughs> So I mean, I always say that I like to come up with like fake blog names, and one <laughs> and one of them would be uh, call for coffee because that's like anytime we're staying in a hotel. It, it, this morning we woke up at five thirty. He's always like doing a call for coffee. <laughs> and so I know it's like if they don't have the right it's amount. It's the first of, thing we say to each other in the morning in a Julia hotel. Julia likes almond milk with a side of coffee, so she can just drink it like all day long, and it doesn't really impact her much. But yeah, if they don't, if the room service doesn't get the right amount of almond milk and they have to call again and go or I have to go down and get it sometimes I'll just be like can you just fill up the same amount of coffee that you bring fill up the same amount of almond milk (laughs) okay so you do coffee is there anything else that you do at night or that you do in the morning that's non-negotiable workout could be anything you love to water the plants and listen to podcasts yeah Yeah, I he mean, has his earbuds in, and he's out on the porch watering all the plants, and he'll come in and tell me all about the podcast he just listened to. So since we renovated our house, um, our sprinklers, we've been told not to turn them back on until we put in a new system. So I have to go out every single morning and water the plants, or if I'm not home, someone has to come do it. But it takes me about 30 minutes every day. So I wake up, and it's like the first thing I do, I put on my headphones and just throw on a podcast. That's therapeutic and meditative. No, that actually sounds really, really He really loves it. Like, I'm not allowed to do it. Like, it's his thing. Michael Michael likes that. Listen, we just got to LA. It's really fast. Raina, if you're listening, I'm leaving. I'm going to Charleston. I'm going to start watering plants and taking my life (laughs) a little bit slower pace in the morning. You'll really like it. There's a house for sale down the street from us. Done. Um, All right. We're going to close shop up at Dear Media. I got to get going. (laughs) Heading to go water the plants. What's a day in the life for you guys when you're in Charleston working on the business? What time do you wake up? Well, like, like walk us through a day. Well, the 
day kind of depends if we're working out in the morning or not because we're let's go with we're working out in the morning we love doing orange theory so we usually wake up at 6 30 we'll go to a class be done around um was that eight the o'clock? 7 a.m class <laughs> I don't if we remember. wake up at 6 30 normally it's a 7 30 class well, so you're d- done by 8 30 well it depends on what class we're taking but you talk the day then. okay <laughs> He's well, got a towel. He's, yeah, he's yeah. holding. He's holding has, back. has she had her coffee before Orange Theory? No. Okay. No, yeah. I don't drink coffee before I work okay. out. Let's just say if it's been the last six months, we haven't been so good at working out. So let's just say our, our routine is not working out, <laughs> which is more realistic. So I would say I wake up at like seven. She'll wake up at seven thirty. By the time she's up, her coffee has already been made. Um, and then literally we just jump. Like we might go for a walk. In the morning, if I don't make coffee, then we'll go walk to get coffee. It's a good way to just kind of get our... I like moving my body first thing in the morning because you've been laying idle all night for, you know, five to eight hours. And I just need motion. So even if it's just like taking a loop around the, the street, yeah, I got to do something, yeah. So I would say by 9 a.m., um, you know, we're on our computers really working. And 10 a.m., our employees show up to the house. Any, like, big conversations typically take place before they show up because it's not like a typical office where there's conference rooms. It's like our house and everything is open concept. So it's so all those conversations happen before they arrive. Then, Well, when we're in Charleston, we actually don't really yeah. shoot. It's more we take all of our business calls. We do all of our computer work. We do a lot of, like, bigger picture brainstorming. Um, meetings and we do full team meetings plan out the content calendar it's it's just a, it's a lot of computer work I mean I would say when we're in Charleston we rarely leave our house during the work week very rarely because there's just so much to catch up on because when we're in when we're in New York I'm just focused on design stuff so I can't do anything blog related or um even collection related that doesn't have anything to do with design it sounds like you guys time batch a lot oh yeah we do yeah and then when we when we travel so i say we spend about a third of our time in charleston a third of our time in new york a third of our time just traveling and so new york is design and focus on the collection home is blog and collection and getting yeah and getting caught up on business stuff and then when we're traveling it's it's very content focused i mean we go out and shoot and we'll shoot all day long i mean it's it's something that we love to do so we're we're happy to do that like fuels my creativity so much um if if we're in one place for too long i start to get really stir crazy because i want to go out and create or if we're at our computers for a whole week it feels very productive, but I feel like I'm missing something because I need to be out seeing things and shooting and creating. But it's if he is out shooting and creating for too long, he gets stir crazy because he wants to be at our, his computer. So we get stir crazy for two different reasons. So if someone is new to the Gal Meets Glam collection, how how would you tell them to start? Is there a dress that you just think is is the dress that they should go to? Yes. Talk to someone that that's listening that wants to go check out your collection. Yes. So our Edith dress is actually the first dress I designed, and it was the first dress. Why did you name it Edith? <laughs> well, funny enough, it was actually called the Julia dress, um, because again, it was the that first. Was a little bit too. It was a little too presumptuous. No, huh? no. It so, um, it was the first dress. 
I had thought of way back in, you know, 2014 when we wanted to start the collection. And it was the first dress that I saw the seamstresses making a sample of. And I burst into tears the moment I saw it because I just couldn't, I couldn't believe that my vision had finally come to life in a product and it was beautiful. And that, you know, I wasn't crazy with, with my ideas. Um, but it's called the Edith because when we launched, we named all of the dresses on our e-commerce and Nordstrom didn't want to take those names because that's just not the way that they, they had their products. It was more city crepe, fit and flare, midi dress. You know, it was more the description and I think that's more for like SEO purposes, but they realized on our launch day, um, that all of the, our customers were coming to Nordstrom.com and searching. Or in the stores. Or the in the stores. They were they were asking for, oh, do you have the Samantha dress? Or, oh, do you have the Rose dress? Or they were seeing that the searches come on their website. They called us at the end of the day and said, can you send us a list of all the names we need to go and change all the product names? And so by that time, we I had taken – that that uh, dress was a Nordstrom exclusive at launch because they loved it so much, and it's actually our bestseller. I'm googling it right now yeah. as you speak. Keep it's going. our it's our number one bestseller. They they um, now restock it throughout the year because it's just a classic dress, a year round dress. And um, because it was a Nordstrom exclusive, I still wanted a Julia dress on our e commerce. So we didn't name it the Julia dress because I wanted to be able to call something the Julia dress on our site. And then by the time Nordstrom introduced it to their site it was sort of too late to switch so it's called the edith but i just looked it up and you know what it says sold out yep it it is just a beautiful classic gal meets glam dress it's it's embodies everything that i love it it's it's beautiful it's timeless the skirt is really full um it's so flattering on every single body type everybody that wears it just looks absolutely stunning in it and 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 it just hits a huge different age range too you know a a girl who's 18 can wear it to her college graduation and we've had women who are 75 send us pictures in it and it looks age appropriate good range it's a huge range it looks age appropriate on everybody even though you know it's very hard to have a product that looks age appropriate on somebody that's 18 and somebody that's 75. So you guys, so for our listeners that want to go and check it out, what's the what's the link or the site they can go to? And I know you have an offer code for them as well. Yeah, it's shop.galmeetsglam.com and the blog is galmeetsglam.com. But our the dresses are on shop.galmeetsglam.com and the code TSC15. TSC15. And we'll, that we'll should link give it. a fifteen percent off discount. Cool. Yeah. Before we go, one book, podcast, resource, quote that you guys could recommend to our audience. Could be anything. Anything that inspires you, business, personal. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, as we talked about. My favorite one right now is Masters of Scale. Three Hoffman. Yeah, and I know a lot of people. I mentioned it earlier, and he the the quote that he talks about all the time about launching, and we get so many questions from people that saying, "Oh, I want to start a blog. I want to get started. I want to do this," but they're not ready to jump in. And that quote of like. If you're not embarrassed by your first product you launched too late, I think that really applies to when you're getting going and started. You really don't know what you want to do unless you're already an expert in the field. Um, but I don't think people who are experts would be asking us how to start. So 
I think that's probably my favorite. There's never been one venture my entire life, my entire career that I've been a part of where the beginning I wasn't a little shaken or embarrassed by the initial launch. Yeah. That could be applied Even when products. you first tried to date me. Well, yes, but um, <laughs> that's the, maybe that's the one area that I was e- extremely confident. But no, I think that that's good advice because, like I said, whether it's product, whether it's content, whether it's service, like it's always rough in the beginning and then you adjust along the way. Yeah. And you? I think... Well, for uh, for me and and our team as a whole, we we love using uh, business of fashion as a resource. There's so much, so many great articles on there. Um, even just on the business side, but because we're in fashion, just knowing what's going on in the industry and what's going on in the marketplace, it's really important for us to to um, keep up with that. And there's, I mean, every single day we're we're probably sharing an article to our team to read um, that is relevant to us and I think just a lot of people in general. Slack or email? Slack. Yeah. Thomas got us on Slack a couple years ago and it, it's a hard transition. Once yeah. you get on you like it. Slack but, and oh. Airtable. Our life oh, has Michael changed told me since Airtable. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. It's incredible and everybody that we've referred it to is like this is a game changer I, we need to get air table because we're using a Sean asana right now we used to use asana uh-huh. and i never got on it's very rare for me to get on board with sort of a New task platform. management system or a platform because that's just not the way i work well you also were managing so many different platforms that getting on board with something else is like oh yeah. my god yeah it's overwhelming it is um so i mean air table is amazing for your team but also for outside sources to access thing. I mean, I don't really know how to explain it. You, you could, but it's it's amazing. I mean, it's a database for everyone. Who's going to check it out? I'm getting it. Um, where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out. Share your Instagram handles, website, everything. My Instagram is Julia H. Ingle, E-N-G-E-L. And the collection Instagram is just at Gal Meets Glam. And our website? Our website is galmeetsglam.com and shop.galmeetsglam.com. And you can also shop the collection on nordstrom.com. And Thomas, because you share a lot of photography yeah, tips. Yeah. Where can everyone find you, Thomas? Uh, at T-Barrels, T-B-E-R-O-L-Z. So I actually deleted all my, or I archived all my previous photos, and now I only post film He shots. rebranded recently. I yeah. love a rebrand. You're going through a yeah. rebrand, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, gotta, I think I have to do a couple you of You need yeah. a <laughs> rebrand on your Instagram. There's a lot of yellows and oranges popping. <laughs> well, a common misconception is that I edit all the photos, but I've never edited the photos. But the great part about shooting film is that you just get it back and you can post it. Wow. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. I mean, it, it takes th- three weeks to get it back, but... That's awesome. Maybe I need to get one of those. You don't have to edit it. No, I'll, I'll take some pictures of you after this, and I'll, I'll send them to you in like three weeks. I just have to stand <laughs> in the good light. Tell me where yeah, to stand, yeah. and I'm good. Thank yeah. you guys for doing this. Thank, Thank you guys for you so much on. for having us. Yo, guys, I have an ask. So if this podcast has brought you any kind of value, any value, I would really, really appreciate it. We would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. We love to hear your feedback, and that's a place that really helps us on iTunes. So, like I said, if you've got any value from the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast, please, please, please rate and review. If you do rate and review, screenshot it and send it to asklauren at theskinnyconfidential.com, and we will send you my five favorite beauty hacks straight to your inbox. That's asklauren, Lauren with a Y, L-A-U-R-Y-N, at theskinnyconfidential.com. This episode is brought to you by Ritual. 
So as we know, I'm a human guinea pig. I've been trying out Ritual for the last six months. I keep it next to my toothbrush. It's amazing to just grab my toothbrush, brush my teeth, scrape my tongue, and then take my Ritual. Uh, this is something that I've seen a difference with with my hair, my nails, um, my skin, everything, especially my nails. Anyways, Ritual is filled with iron, vitamin E, magnesium, folate. I mean, it doesn't get better. So 95% of women do not get the vitamins and minerals they need on a daily basis. So Ritual created a smarter vitamin with the nine essential ingredients women lack most. Go to ritual.com skinny to choose clean ingredients backed by science and sign up now. That's ritual.com skinny. This episode was brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is your one-stop shop for high-end, high-quality, and highly discounted groceries, supplements, beauty products, household supplies, and now wine, clean wine. Thrive Market guarantees its customers 25 to 50% below retail on all items because it cuts out the middleman. Thrive Market is offering all Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners, 25% off your first wine order with free shipping for a max of $20 when you go to thrivemarket.com slash skinnywine. Again, that's thrivemarket.com slash skinnywine. Happy shopping, everyone, and we will be back next week. <laughs>